To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 137. Your Opinionated Bench Warmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. We are here coming off an exciting week one of football. Uh, we're headed into Thursday night football into week two. Uh, I'm excited because I got two fantasy wins this week, so I'm hoping I can keep the momentum up. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Man, doing doing pretty good, bro. Uh, it's been, like you said, a, a good week a good start or whatever uh it's crazy because although my teams to me didn't perform the greatest in fantasy i went four and oh this weekend so uh it was everything was just on my side of how i needed to be but uh that definitely got everything going with the nfl week just how i needed it to go and we had some entertaining games as well of course so uh so yeah i'm ready to just get into it and talk about it yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't as fortunate as y'all. Obviously, with the six, four and zero, and then two and zero, and six and zero combined. Yeah, your boy had struggling. I had Drake London starting in a couple leagues, who only had one target, and I had Antonio Gibson, who obviously fumbled the ball, had a bad game. So you know, it's been tough for your boy. Um, looking to shake back this week. Yeah, I, I definitely handed you your first loss of the season, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> We'll get started, man. We'll get started. So, yeah, so we won't hold anything long. We got to let people know to make sure they follow us on O underscore Bench Warmers on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast, whether that's in, whether it's in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, uh, Google Play, wherever you like to get your podcast from, make sure that you are subscribed and locked in to when we drop content. Um, we'll start with the news, the biggest news of the NFL, of course, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's everybody's hype. He's off a hard knock season. He's running out with the American flag, 9-11. The stadium was electric in New York. And then uh, four plays in in the first series of the Jets on offense, we get the news that he's down and it turned to find out he tore his Achilles and he's out for the season. Very detrimental to to the Jets. They weren't as explosive, doesn't seem like it. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, replaced him and it just the offense didn't flow. And, you know, you could just sit tell by the fans in the stands that everybody was deflated. Uh, I mean, just walk us through it, man. How, what, what were y'all first thoughts when y'all saw the guy go down? Yeah, I mean, just watching that, I think, you know, just a fan of the game, everybody was pretty much hurt. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, you want to see a great player and a great team, you know, we've seen the whole season of Zach Wilson already. We know what that looked like. 
and he looked exactly like the same player there for, you know, most of that game. And even the touchdown he threw, it took Garrett Wilson making a miraculous throw. So I just really wanted to see that offense. I really wanted to see him in the AFC, the stacked AFC. And it was just disappointing as a fan to see it start that way and end so quickly, you know. And I really feel play, feel bad for those weapons on that offense uh, like Garrett Wilson. Yeah, um, I echo the same sentiments. Um, I think that, you know, it was obvious that there was something that was definitely really wrong from the way that the injury occurred. Like when you saw it, it didn't seem like obviously a major hit or anything of that sort. Um, and when you saw him kind of get up and then go ahead and, and kind of sit back down, like you obviously knew that, hey, something is wrong here. And this is something that could definitely be uh, major. It could be definitely a, a massive loss uh, for the team. And I think that in watching the game, uh, actually on Monday and, and seeing the entire game, it made, to me, the loss, the magnitude of it even greater because you got to see, of course, even though they performed well at different points last season, like you got to see how elite that defense is. You got to see what these weapons that are around the quarterback could be in the way that Brees Hall, you know, has come back instantly from that ACL injury and looked dominant. You know, you saw, you mentioned the Garrett Wilson catch that, that occurred. You see guys like Alan Lazar still around. You still have Dalvin Cook. And so to see, to me, all of the weapons and all of the makings to have a deep run and to potentially get to and potentially win a Super Bowl and it to be in the Big Apple in New York City and to just see that all come crumbling down within as you say, the scope of, of four plays, um, it was just definitely a, a deflated night for definitely that team, definitely that market, but for the NFL as a whole and for the, the NFL community. I'll just say yeah. real quick. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, it's not ABC. <laughs> and then back to- <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, Robert Sala, he has no poker face, man. That first half, his face just said, like, he was just – he looked just distraught, like somebody just – I don't know. He he looked just tore up, and I just can tell from his face that it was a serious injury. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I could look on Aaron Rodgers' face, and like Ramon said, uh, you could look on an athlete's face. I think about Kobe when he tore his Achilles. You knew it was something serious, uh, despite the way they're acting. You know, you could look at that at an athlete's a veteran face. You know, they know when they know their bodies, and they know when something's not right. And you know, I think Aaron Rodgers with all the hype that was up leading up to this season and you know he finally was back re-engaged and to see him go out that way I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan in the world but I will say that um it, it was deflating just as a football fan to see that happen um now ultimately the Jets went on to win 22 to 6 and in a in a and what turned out to be a good game I mean I really was uh you know hesitant I really didn't want to watch it after Aaron Rodgers went out but it turned out to be a good game and it ended you know, on on a punt return from one of their um from one of the hard knock stars. So I mean that was good to see Xavier Gibson. So that was good to see. But um other than that, I think the Jets are in trouble. So um we'll kind of get into what fantasy implications it have. I think it's obvious. I mean, if Zach Wilson is gonna be the quarterback, it's gonna be very, very tough to watch that offense. I think that everybody's value, especially Garrett Wilson, will go down. I don't think Brees will be affected as much, maybe. But I, I do think that Gary Wilson, him being fantasy, uh, a fantasy monster like he was projected to be, is just out the window. 
Yeah, I mean, chiming in on that as well, like you said, from a fantasy standpoint, I think that probably Garrett Wilson owners, as you mentioned, are the most disappointed uh, by this specifically because everybody was thinking about pretty much when Aaron Rodgers gets his guy, he's going to force feed that number one target. So you see all those years where you had a talent in Devontae Adams that was routinely a top three fantasy, if not number one fantasy wide receiver for several years going. And so you look at a talent like Garrett Wilson and you say, man, that's a guy that just from a sheer talent perspective, he's elite in the league. He's a top 10 receiver, could have the talent to maybe boast him up and vault him into the top five. And so you look at what he was expected to do. Um, I don't think that it goes completely out of the window. I think that you still saw him have a really good rookie season in which, you know, once he kind of caught fire for a stretch, he still was an uber productive player. It just won't take him to the magnitude that we were looking at as being probably the potential of a top five wide receiver in fantasy football. Um, And like you said, other guys, I think that, you know, I didn't think that Dalvin Cook looked too impressive uh, Monday night. I think that he kind of looked like maybe the age is starting to show on him a little bit. Um, Breeze Hall, as you mentioned, to me is a guy that I think can still be productive. Obviously, you saw what he did throughout the course of that game. Uh, he was one that started to catch fire before he tore his ACL last year uh, with Zach Wilson and other QBs at the helm. Um, so I still think he'll be productive, but other guys like your Alan Lazard to the world and all of that, they become definitely completely irrelevant. So, Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I, you know, um, I think that Brees Hall, I mean, how, how phenomenal, phenomenal was he? You know, coming off of ACL tear, what, uh, week seven of last year, was it? Yeah, and, you know, he's already playing and he already has been explosive. Uh, I think he ran 10 carries for 127 yards. Just ridiculous. And this guy looked more explosive than Dalvin Cook off ACL injury. And um, he's only going to get stronger throughout the season. So, uh, I mean, good for Brees Hall owners. I mean, y'all, you look like you have a good one. Um, but as we get into the next segment, we'll get into our, you know, favorite segment, one of our favorite segments, and that's either – um, that what are we calling this big believer or big pretender? So we're gonna get into the NFL teams first. We saw some some uh we saw a couple games that we were impressed by, and we just kind of want to filter through. And I'm I'm gonna just pose the question. We'll go through the believers first, and I wanted to let wanted to pose the question to you guys after week one. Which, which NFL team are you buying? Which one are you a big believer in that you think that performance is not just a fluke, but it, it's one of those that this team could be a real contender down the line? Um, I guess in chiming in, uh, probably right quickly on it. For me, you know, when you ask me this question, I don't want to go with the usual ones that we know that are up at the top that automatically we know should be there from a contention standpoint. When I view it, I view it as some a team that, you know, maybe has been on the cusp or a team that's been on the rise or a team that has that potential that we just weren't completely sure about. And so the team I'm going to rock with actually for this, um, as far as from a believer standpoint, is the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think that what we saw from that team, um, obviously, to me, that was one of the highest level matchups between them and the uh, and the L.A. Chargers of two teams that to me should be vying for a playoff spot. 
Um, and I looked at that team and and to see basically what they can be if Tua can remain healthy. We know that when we look at them, it's all on the basis of can Tua remain healthy. Uh, he has the weapons that are surrounding him. We know that pretty much, you know, he has that same mentality that Pat used to have, like Tyreek is down there somewhere. Um, and so he's going to let it fly to Tyreek consistently. Uh, but still, when you have a Jalen Waddle there, uh, when you have the, you know, the stables, they don't have a special back, but they still have a stable and a collection of running backs led by Raheem Mostert at this point. Um, I think that from an offensive standpoint, they're in a really solid spot. I do think that they can be a little bit better defensively, but they were also at the same token going up against a bonnet offense. So when I look at it, I am actually a believer of the Miami Dolphins at this point. Yeah, I'll, I'll just chime in. I'll say the Jags for me. Uh, just watching the Jags against the Colts. I mean, I know the Colts is not really a team that we expect to be a championship team. Hey, but... hey, hey. <laughs> Going in on Let me hit you with that Kawhi real quick. <laughs> so, I mean, but looking at looking at them, I was impressed with them week one. And Calvin really, man, that dude didn't miss a beat. After his after he was posting the parlays last year and got suspended for a year, that dude just stepped right back in and he just was an alpha. You know, and I think that team was just missing a number one receiver. And, you know, they had a bunch of number twos last year with Zay Jones and Kirk, you know, and now that they get that true number one, that offense is really taking the next level. I really think they can be special this year. Yeah, man, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go San Francisco 49ers here, man. It, uh, you know, they they beat up on the Steelers 30 to 7. At one point, it was looking like a high school game, uh, like it was an NFL team playing a high school team. No offense to the Steelers here, but. Um, they dominated um, from front to back, Christian McCaffrey, and he dominated. You know, Brandon Ayuk looked like he's emerged, and that's the wide receiver one, which it had been Debo Samuel, but I don't think his performance is a fluke. Um, and Brock Purdy, he continues to prove the doubt is wrong, Mr. Irrelevant. You know, was undefeated in all his NFL regular season starts, and he continued that streak in week one. I thought that the 49ers were, were a really good team out there. They looked really, really good, and you know, I think Pittsburgh Steelers got out the gate slow, but I don't think Pittsburgh is a bad team. And I think that, you know, for them to do that to a team like the Steelers and to beat them in dominating fashion like that, it raises my eyebrow and it confirms some things because they already were um, a contender in my eyes. But, you know, to perform like that, it, it just takes it to a whole nother level. Um, and then I got an honorary one. I mean, I think the one that's obvious is the Dallas Cowboys beating the Giants 40 to zero. You know, I think that the Giants team is a formidable appoint, opponent. And, of course, Daniel Jones has some issues, as he always do. And he's inconsistent in playing positive um, and, and playing great. And then he plays sorry sometimes and plays average. But I mean, when you look at Dallas's defense and how they dominated the way that they did, I mean, come on, man. Like Dallas is, is, is a real contender. I don't see how you could say anything different. Dak. I think he was last in QB rating for week one, and they still won 40 to zero. I mean, they dominated in dominated fashion. I'm a Saints fan, so it, it it hurts me to give them their flowers. But, I mean, you got to give them their flowers, man. 40 to zero um, on a primetime night against a good team. I mean, you, you can't beat it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. To see that defense, like you say, perform that way in that, that running game with Tony Pollard leading the – the charge there, I mean, they look like a team that is definitely destined for a deep run this year. So I agree with you. Yep. 
are you do you have any more believers? Are you want to get into the pretenders? Uh the I mean pretenders. I mean I think that you know we have to acknowledge uh the Detroit Lions. I actually do. I believe in the Lions, man. Okay, okay. And um you know it's one of those things that I do understand, you know, the Chiefs being hampered by uh not having Travis Kelty Kelsey and also uh we know that Jones will be returning uh to the team as well. So, you know, but I, I hate to just pull out the the asterisk right there. I think that that still is a big win for that organization. And I think that they do have, you know, especially I think you'll see that offense start to really tick as the season goes on. And I think that Dan Campbell, I mean, I think that he's making those guys over there in that locker room believers, man. I think that they rally behind him. And so um, that's a team that I feel is more kind of to me, a little bit on the sleeper level that I would still say I'm a believer in. Yeah, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you, you go into Arrowhead and you win a game, regardless of who's out and who's in. I mean, I think that that's pretty pretty tough to do, especially when Patrick Mahomes is playing. I know he doesn't play defense, but, you know, the Lions look like they belong. And, you know, I, I could really, like you said, I could really see, believe in them being a contender and being one of those dark horses that everyone forgets about. But I, I think, you know, I, I give the respect to the Lions. They earn my respect this season for sure. And Aiden Hutchinson, oh, my goodness. Aiden Hutchinson is good as advertised. You kind of see why he was a top pick. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 was, he was very disruptive that game. Yeah, 100%. All right. So we want to move on to some big pretenders here. Uh, big pretenders. Um, oh, you want me to start off? Start you, to you, yeah, you can you can lead off. All right, I lead off. I, I the big pretenders. I, I got the Rams here. I wanted Los to be on here when I get in on them, but uh, thirty to thirteen, they beat the Seahawks. I think that it is a fluke. I think that the Seahawks is a very good team. I don't think the Rams will be able to continue this this type of performance here. Uh, but you know, I. I look at the Rams. I mean, but Stafford looked good, and I, I mean, I think that you know that, that was what a question mark was at there. But I, I don't, I can't see them being able to continue this way without without Cooper Cup. So, yeah, no, I, I agree as well. The one thing, like you said, I mean, Stafford finally looked healthy again. Um, so that's the one thing that you have to consider. But um, we'll we'll have to see it sustained with him not having his his top target there. Um, yeah. And Geno didn't have the best game either. So um, you got to think that he's going to shake that rust off and get into, you know, into midseason fashion. Will he? I mean, he looked yeah. good last year. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. Is he a one-hit wonder? Or, uh... Hey, man, that's interesting. That's interesting. But I, I think I, I can't call it after one game. I'll yeah. Say that. yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and week one, just as we understand from like a fantasy football standpoint, just from an NFL standpoint, too, can be a little bit flukish. You know, it's yeah. still you settling into the season. Um, yeah, I get, you, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I guess uh, what I would say as far as my the pretender, and I'm going off of a basis of when I look at pretender, somebody that won this week in a certain type of fashion, and I don't think that we'll sustain this throughout the course of the season. And I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers. Um I, that's interesting yeah i i can't really gather too much to me from them beating the chicago bears i don't really believe in the chicago bears too much um as a team collectively and so i mean green bay they looked good in the game we saw that jordan love 
had to me a heck of a of a opening, you know, to start the season to say that, hey, now I'm running this ship. Uh, to me, started really well, but I'm just not a long term believer in them. I wouldn't say that the general public has them as a contender or anything of that sort, but it was tough for me to take someone who didn't win this week and and use them as my pretender. So I'm going to just go ahead and rock with uh, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love did look pretty good. I mean, he looked better than what, you know me, I don't, I've never been impressed by him, but I really was impressed by how they, you know, play calling, they was able to protect him. Seemed like they found some plays that he's comfortable with. Um, I mean, it, you know, I think that he looked formidable uh, there. But um, one of my pretend, another pretender that I had uh, going into the game that, that had a lot of people excited. Um, there is the is the Buccaneers. I I don't find their performance sustainable uh, just because I don't believe in Baker. Uh, however, I wasn't expecting them to go into Minnesota and beat the Vikings, but. I mean, I think it was more so in how bad the Vikings look more so than how good Tampa played. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I don't have long-term belief there. Uh, Baker is going to have to prove it to me um, over the long haul. One game is not going to be able to sustain it. I thought that, um, I mean, obviously his weapons around him are always going to pretty look solid. I mean, we know who Mike Evans is. Uh, he had a good performance. And then, I mean, we know that uh, shout out to, well, I don't know if we can claim him, Trey Palmer. You know, he did end up transferring to Nebraska. That's where he took off. But, yeah, he did. you know, yeah. LSU, I, I don't know if we can claim him just because we always tell Ohio State they can't claim Joe. So I, I'm not going <laughs> to claim Trey Palmer. Um, but he looked solid as well. But ultimately, you know, I, I don't think that that is a viable team going forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look on the flip side of it, you look at Justin Jefferson. I mean, he had, what, seven catches and 100 yards in the first first half, and I don't think he got what he got, like, one target in the second half, which was very frustrating to him. They stopped feeding him the ball. And you got to think, I mean, he looked very frustrated on the bench. I mean, I know wide receivers can be diva sometimes, but to see a guy go off in the first half like that and then you just stop feeding him I mean it kind of raises I kind of raised my eyebrow at it and I think that's a failure not only on Kirk Cousins but that's a failure to the coaching staff wouldn't you say oh 100% you have to always continue to feed a guy like Justin Jefferson you have to manufacture touches for a guy like that now I do understand that defenses do make adjustments and they do decide you know what we're not going to let this guy beat us. We would rather Jordan yeah. Addison beat us, or we would rather TJ Hawkinson beat us, or we would rather KJ Osborne or anybody else. Uh, so I do get that, but I think that still ultimately you can manufacture touches for a guy of that magnitude. And that's a great statement. I mean, you spoke like a true defensive coordinator, so I wonder what the hell was the Chargers defensive coordinator thinking and defending Tyreek Hill right. and keeping him on one-on-one right. coverage the whole game. <laughs> Right, come on, man. Any, it would have literally been anybody <laughs> but Tyreek at a certain point, man. Anybody but Tyreek, like, man. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at. I played Tyreek. I guess we get to fantasy segment in just a minute, but I was playing Tyreek in two different leagues, and I just stopped watching those two games. I was like, okay, I know I lost those. I yeah. mean, I mean, it, it just kept happening. I'm like, bro, 
I was like, is there anybody else on the field? <laughs> like, bro, like right. you gotta and well, at some point you gotta be like, this guy's not gonna beat me. And I, I get it. They got they got waddle on the other side. So but come and, on, man. And that was my frustration. I have what two shares of Jalen Waddle, I think. I think I got Waddle in two leagues, and I'm like, come on, man. Like Jalen Waddle is still out there as well, too. Like you can throw the ball to him as well. You went to college with him. Come on to it. Man, too, about to lock in on Tyreek. He's you know how those quarterbacks get once they get a little taste. Right. I had I had just one more thing before we kind of I guess wrap this part of it of this segment. Um, when we talk about pretenders, and this is more so of posing a question to you. So from what we saw from the Bills on Monday night with the disaster that Josh Allen was, that of course we kept texting back and forth about about just how terrible he was, the just bad decisions that he was making. The three interceptions, to me, definitely two of them, but probably all three were bad. Two of them were just terrible decisions, and even the fumble was uncharacteristic. So saying all of that to say, what do you feel about the Buffalo Bills at this point, to see them lose a game in which Aaron Rodgers went down and that team could have been deflated on the other end? What do you think about the Bills? You can't trust them. I mean, even as contenders, I mean, on paper, they look good. You know, they, you know, defense looks good. Uh, but, you know, when you look at Josh Allen, you just, you you get those games out of him. Sometimes he looks like the best player in the league. And then other times you're like, what is he thinking? You know, you, you we mean, you said it's what is it's third and 15 and you take off and then you're like five yards from the first down mark and you decide to try to hurdle a player five yards from the marker about to break your neck and in the season you know those are the type of decisions that you know josh allen makes that i really can't get behind yeah nah it was it was just really strange really odd to me like you said i mean it's it's so up and down there and so it really did leave questions to me as it pertains to the buffalo bills because to me if you couldn't finish that off i could have understood you losing with Aaron Rodgers playing and seeing that team, you know, fully functioning and assembled and going. But with Aaron Rodgers going down and with how limited, you know, we've stated that Zach Wilson can make that offense, for you to not be able to pull that off, that kind of kind of makes me question you a little bit. Um, and like you said, just looking at a guy like Josh Allen not coming through in that space, you know, you pretty much are going to go as far as your quarterback can take you. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, Big pretenders, big pretend, no, <laughs> big believers and big pretenders. We'll move on to the next segment. We'll talk about fantasy. There were some big performances. We started off with Tyreek Hill. We already mentioned him. Uh, big performances uh, uh, by uh, Brees Hall, you know, just to name a couple of those guys. But out of all the performances, I mean, you can have more than one, but we're just going through some guys that you feel like will sustain this fantasy success. That is not a fluke. I know the fantasy players are, are eager to listen to who they think will sustain it. I just want to add one. I mean, it's the hottest waiver. Both of you guys didn't talk about this. It's the hottest waiver probably since waiver's been going, bro. People dropping the bag on this dude, you know. I seen you put in the bid for him. I I, I ultimately won the bid, you know. I and my other leagues, he went for like seventy five percent of people's fab. It's been going crazy, and that's no other than Puka Nakoa from the Rams. Um, you know, a guy that stepped up in place for 
my guy, Cooper Cup, and he's looking like the real deal. And I think he's going to have another big week this week after doing some research. Um, you know, the San Francisco 49ers are a team that play a lot of zone, and he's a zone beater. He's a smart player. And this is a, a, a productive guy at BYU as well. So um, he was the fourth pick in the fifth round this year, uh, this past year. So it was kind of surprising to see that, see that he still showed up the way he did that first game. But I think he has some some ability to still perform even when Cooper returns. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he looked very Cooper Cupish out there on the field, and. Uh, yeah, you did right. I did put the bag on him, and I I didn't get him. Uh, I wasn't willing to spend fifty dollars. Fifty. I was willing to spend fifty, but I actually ended up going down to forty five. But I wasn't about to spend fifty seven like Los did in Fab Money. But congratulations! I think he's gonna sustain it. I think that's that's a great. I believe in him. I I saw him in the preseason. Uh, I think he's gonna do well, even when Cooper Cup gets back. Man, I am, I, and I'm kicking myself on that one because I literally really considered picking him up before week one. And in the OB league, and then also, too, I'm in another dynasty league that I saw him sitting there and I waited and waited. And then my cousin snatched him up right before, you know, week one or whatever. And it's just like one of those things where it's like you think about it too long, you think long, you think wrong. And I'm, you know, still kicking myself that I didn't make that move. And one player that's like that right now that I made that move on is uh, Rasheed for New Orleans, the third receiver there, who was getting carries for New Orleans, who was coming out the backfield. And we everybody probably by now seen the clip. And if you haven't, go see the clip, the NFL Films clip of Derek Carr saying, hey, just go out there and run. And then Jameis Winston saying, Yes, it's like we just need to get him the ball. And so that shows me that he has some chemistry with Derek Carr. And he showed up big time. I think he scored the only touchdown for the Saints during the game. So um, he was one of those guys that I had that feeling on. I was like, oh, maybe I should just wait. And I was like, you know what? Let me just get him now. What's the hurt? We'll see what's going on. And, and God forbid something happens to Michael Thomas or Olave. But if, you know, knock on wood again, if that was for to happen, you know, you're looking at a good wide receiver, too, in that offense going forward. Yeah, not much of an offense, but, yeah, it'll be number two in my offense. Hey, hey, just to say, though, I I mean, y'all offensive line, y'all definitely struggle on the O-line, but t Tennessee, to me, is still – that's a heck of a challenge from a defensive perspective. So, I think I, you have to give it past week one to truly gauge and grade that offense. I think Derek Carr played great. Um, I just think that our play calling is just – I still don't like it. A big believer that I had was uh, Aaron Jones. What, what type of what phenomenal game he had. When you feed when you feed this man, he, he does it. Now, he's he's dealing with an injury. We don't know if he's going to play or not. Uh, he at, On that last touchdown run, it looked like he pulled up a hammy. They're saying that it is they, – they're saying that it, it is, like, you know, minor, but he hadn't practiced all week. And here we are on Wednesday. He still hasn't practiced. So if he doesn't practice tomorrow, it's all but saying that he's not going to play, which sucks because he's the number one running back in fantasy right now uh, who put up a 26-point performance in, in PPR leagues. Uh, but, I mean, when he gets back and when he's healthy, we see what this guy's going to do. And it seems like the Packers are going to be intent on feeding him and making Jordan Love comfortable. Yeah, no, definitely heck of a pick right there. I'm with you as well. Um, and throwing out another name, I would say, uh, as a guy that Los mentioned earlier in the podcast, Calvin Ridley. 
You know, yep. as you said, he is wide receiver one in that offense. He looks dominant. He looks to be himself before, you know, before the injury and before also, too, of course, as you mentioned, the gambling and all of that. And so he's a guy that I think is going definitely to me be surefire this year. You don't have to worry about being in an offense where a coach doesn't like to throw the ball. You know, Atlanta loves to run the ball. And but in Jacksonville is quite opposite. They love to air it out. So you can look to him to get a lot of targets in that offense. So uh, Calvin, really, I, I wasn't really buying the hype. He was going too high for my he was too rich for my blood. Uh, I would have took him in the right spot. But, you know, he's looking like I should have maybe snagged him when everybody else did. Uh, so. Yep. In, inside info that I've never shared, man. I was on the one yard line, the half yard line, with a Calvin Ridley deal in our dynasty league, man. Before, before, uh, before the hype got too crazy, and I'm still kicking myself on one of the offers that I declined. <laughs> honestly, Bro, man, a lot really of kicking myself, man. Huh? You really do. You really overthink these things. <laughs> but yeah, I would uh, agree. Any any more believers y'all have fantasy performances that y'all are impressed by? Um, I'll just say um, I'll just say the Rams as a whole, right? Oh, their oh, defense. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would like I'm kidding, my I'm kidding. segment. I, I actually chose the Rams as one of my pretending teams, beating the Seahawks thirty to seventeen. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But I would just say another guy that's not being talked about a lot is Tutu Atwell. Um, oh, he's a another ram. <laughs> no, seriously, he said six catches, 119 yards. He's not. It's not being talked about a lot because of Puka and what he did in his 15 targets. But Tua being only a five nine, 165 yard, 65 pound uh, wide receiver really showed up big in that game as well. And um, he's being used. Um, if you watch that game, he's being used a lot like the Dolphins receivers in that motion, giving that getting that rev up going in motion, and as they snap the ball, he's already running and taking off. It's hard to guard that when you're a speed guy, so he's been used in that way. So, again, he's that guy that don't be shocked if, again, his name is comes up as the big name and making the big plays this next week, you know, like Puka was this week. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so we'll get into big pretenders. What are some uh, fluky performances that you've seen that will not be sustained? Throughout the fantasy year, it's a tough one, but I I don't I feel like Tyler Algier's performance was a little fluky. Um, really? Yeah, I think Tyler. I, I think Tyler's gonna have a legitimate role. Go ahead. Yeah, but as far as being, what did he produce as what the the third or fourth best running back, a top four running back in? In um, week one, like, I don't see, obviously, that type of production coming from him where, you know, he's still going to potentially look like the – he kind of looked like the running back one in that offense this weekend. And I think that as Bijan continues to come on, even though he still had a good performance, I think that Bijan more and more will claim that role as the number one running back there. Okay. Um, For me, I'll look at it and kind of go a little bit the other way with it. Um. I look at the Bengals offense as a whole, right? And their offense and how it looked just terrible, right? Just completely terrible. And then you look at their wide receiver too, T. Higgins. T. Higgins was a guy that had eight targets and had zero catches, a goose egg. I think that was fluky. I don't see, I don't think 
I don't I don't think you play that game nine out of ten times and that happens again. You know what I mean? I think that was rare. I think that was a fluke. I think that he's just fine. Um, and if I was you guys, I would be out there trying to put in offers for these guys, you know, and just trying to see who's who's off of them, you know, because you will have those guys that will get a little antsy quick, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, my pretender, I, I go Joe Burrow. I, I don't think, you know, I think Joe Burrow, you know, you know, same with Josh Allen. I think they shake that rust off. I don't think you see poor performances from them again. And and I go Lamar Jackson as well. So I, you know, I went the other way as well. I don't think Lamar will, you know, perform as poorly as he did this past weekend. I think you might be seeing a little results of, of they're not as engaged in preseason and you're seeing that rust. I think that they'll be fine. Well, with that being said, we hope that everybody enjoys that Thursday night football uh with, with the Vikings and the Eagles. Fellas, before I let you go, man, who do you have winning this game? Quickly. Eagles. All right, Eagles. All right. Hey, I'm go I, I just want to add, I was the only one that had the Lions winning last Thursday. You didn't pick it doesn't them. Matter. No, hey, no, hey, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Hey, I said if Travis Kelsey wasn't playing, I also picked the Lions. So, so I'm going to go I'm gonna go Eagles, and you didn't pick them on the pick them, so it don't matter, Lowe's. So you wasn't really the, the world to, heard it, so it doesn't you matter. Not, you weren't able to put money on it. So. <laughs> but, yeah, we out of here. We're going to get ahead and get out here. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And until next time, we out of here.